welcome to this Nordics Info podcast. Nordics Info is a research dissemination website based at Aarhus University in Denmark and publishes material by researchers on many different aspects of the Nordic countries within the social sciences and humanities. Nordics Info is part of the university hub Reimagining Norden in an Evolving World. This podcast series is based on friends and colleagues of Nordics Info reading out material that exists in written form on the website. This podcast is about the history of Iceland. It's a translation of an article on our sister website, danmarkshistorian.dk, by Agnes Anos Dottir. Iceland was a largely uninhabited island in the northern Atlantic Ocean when Norsemen settled around 870. The discovery of Iceland should be understood in the context of the general expansion of the Viking Age and settlements in new undeveloped lands in the north. Iceland was settled by mainly Norwegians who came either directly from Norway or via the British Isles. Medieval sources say Iceland was uninhabited at that time, but there were probably a few Irish monks in the country. According to the oldest Icelandic history book, from about 1130, the monks fled when the land was settled by people from western Norway in the late 9th century. There are a number of accounts of Iceland's early history, and together with archaeological evidence they provide a wealth of knowledge. The sagas of Icelanders, also known as the family sagas, recorded in the 12th and 14th centuries, are the best known of the written sources. They deal mainly with the 9th century and combined an oral storytelling tradition about the country's first settlement with the culture of Christian scripture that flourished in Iceland during the time of writing. The country first had a common assembly in the form of a nationwide ting, the Iceland Elting in 930. The Elting has been given the label of the world's oldest parliament. It had legislative and judicial but not executive power. The ting was founded on a union of 36 chieftaincies. In this society, which had no king or central executive power, the actual legislative and judicial power lay with the chiefs. This type of rule, known as the Free State, which lasted from 930 to 1264, was strongly shaped by Christianity, which was introduced as an official religion around the year 1000, when the Alting publicly adopted the Christian faith without any particular resistance. In 1097, tithes were introduced, which were partly administered by the churches. In 1056, a bishop was appointed in the south, and in 1106, one in northern Iceland. After major internal disputes among the most influential families in Iceland in the 13th century, Icelanders became subjects of the Norwegian crown from 1262-64, They were obliged to pay tax to the Norwegian king, the old rule of chiefs was abolished and part of the Icelandic upper class took its place. It is during this Norwegian period that most Icelandic saga literature is written. The political development in Iceland followed the general trends in the Nordic countries. 
In 1380, Denmark and Norway were united under one king, which brought Iceland under Danish rule. Iceland and Denmark were joined under one monarchy. This meant that after the Reformation, Iceland became Protestant like the rest of Denmark-Norway. The church became Evangelical Lutheran in 1551, and the introduction of Lutherism strengthened the Danish king's authority in Iceland, as in other parts of the Danish kingdom. The confiscation of the church's goods in connection with the Reformation led to the king being the largest landowner in Iceland. In 1602, Denmark introduced a trade monopoly in Iceland. He was largely based on the majority of Icelandic trade being restricted to mainly specific Danish ports and reducing the competition between merchants. It lasted until 1786 when the monopoly was relaxed as Danish subjects in general were allowed to trade in Iceland. In 1855, the Danish trade monopoly in Iceland was abolished altogether. Absolute monarchy was introduced in Denmark-Norway in 1660, and two years later in Iceland. In the coming centuries, Iceland was administered directly from Copenhagen as a fiefdom. The Elting, however, maintained a measure of authority independent of the Danish government, partly because of Iceland's remote location. In 1800, the Althing was abolished due to the introduction of the Danish legal system, and instead a high court in Reykjavik was established. The population fell drastically during the 15th century, when hard times, including two plague epidemics, all but laid waste to Iceland. At the same time, the ecological system gradually collapsed in the 15th and 16th centuries due to a colder climate and over-exploitation of vegetation. For centuries, the settlement was spread across the country and the population made a living farming and fishing. In the 1700s, smallpox epidemics, volcanic eruptions and the harsh climate caused the population to fall again. Yet, with the increasing importance of fishing in the 19th century, the country saw growth again and more coastal towns emerged. Due to growing Icelandic nationalism, a royal decree was issued in 1843 to restore the Elting. The first election was held in 1844 and in Reykjavik on July 1st in 1845. In the summer of 1845, the elected Elting met for the first time in Reykjavik and in the following decades, the Elting was held for several weeks every two years with representatives from all over Iceland. In the beginning, the Elting had no legislative power but was only advisory to the Danish king in Icelandic financial and legal matters. The revival can be seen as a response to a budding demand emerging in the 1830s for national sovereignty and independence. It coincided with Icelandic students in Copenhagen expressing their wish for Iceland to have a more independent status in relation to Denmark. This wish was reinforced in 1849 when absolute monarchy ended. However, in 1851, the Elting rejected a proposal from the Danish state for an Icelandic constitution. 
The Icelandic nationalist movement was led by Jón Sigurdsson, who was born in 1811 and died in 1879. He came to Copenhagen in 1833 to study and lived there all his life. In addition to his political work, he was affiliated to the Arna Magnian collection at the University of Copenhagen in order to investigate and publish Icelandic manuscripts. The collective memory of his significance in the struggle for independence remains strong, and Iceland's National Day is celebrated every year on his birthday on the 17th of June. In 1871, the Danish Parliament adopted a new law on Iceland's constitutional status. The Danish government subsequently gave Iceland its own constitution with effect from the 1st of August 1874. Iceland gained increased autonomy, but executive power was still in Danish hands. To a large extent, the Constitutional Act of 1874 still forms the basis of the current Icelandic constitution. In Icelandic history, 1874 was an important year in which a thousand years of Nordic settlement in the country was celebrated. On that occasion, Christian IX visited the country, the first Danish king to do so. He was welcomed sailing into Reykjavik aboard the frigate Jutland, but despite the royal visit, the demand for increased independence was still relevant. The Elting had been given limited legislative power, but the executive power remained with the Danish government in Copenhagen. In 1874, a ministry for Iceland was established, headed by the Danish Minister of Justice. In Iceland, a Danish governor sat as the highest royal authority in the country. This was changed in 1904 when the demand for more independence was met. A system of home rule was introduced based in Reykjavik and an Icelander was appointed Minister of Iceland. Socially, Iceland experienced major changes during the 19th century. Due to a large population growth, the social system partially broke down and the country could barely feed its population through traditional agriculture and fishery. The changes were particularly drastic in the second half of the 19th century as population pressure led many to emigrate to North America, while cities and villages along the coast began to grow. The new century saw the start of engines being used on fishing boats and the new technology quickly replaced the old open rowboats. Increased prosperity followed, Urbanisation took off at full speed and a great need arose to reorganise the political system based on a more modern society. Both women and workers received full civil rights in the first decades of the 20th century and in 1904 Iceland changed from being part of Denmark to having home rule. However, the political power struggle was not over. The country was still regarded as an integral part of the Danish kingdom and the following years were characterised by strong nationalism. In 1908, Icelandic voters rejected an accord regarding the status of the country reached between the Althing and the Danish parliament. But Icelandic and Danish parliamentarians managed to resolve the crisis by the end of World War I. In November 1918, a Danish-Icelandic law was passed in both parliaments, which came into force on December the 1st, 1918. Thus, 
Iceland had become a free and sovereign state in personal union with Denmark. On November the 30th, 1918, the Danish Parliament passed an act of union for Bundesloan, whereby Denmark recognised Iceland as an independent, sovereign state in personal union with Denmark. The main elements of the union were the joint monarchy and Denmark's responsibility for Iceland's foreign affairs and the Coast Guard. Section 18 of the Act of Union contained a provision that, after the end of 1940, both parties could require that a revision of the Act be negotiated. If the negotiations did not lead to a new agreement within three years, both parties would have the right, subject to more specific provisions, to unilaterally abolish the Union. In 1940, Denmark was occupied by the Germans and Britain occupied Iceland. The following year, American soldiers replaced the English by agreement with the Icelandic Home Rule Administration. With the German occupation of Denmark in 1940, Denmark was prevented from fulfilling its obligations under the 1918 Act of Union, which is why the Elting decided that, for the time being, the Icelandic government would exercise the authority of the king and take over foreign affairs. In 1944, Iceland wanted to have the issue of its constitutional status and the question of full independence settled, but negotiations with Denmark could not be conducted because of the situation during the war. The Danish government wanted to maintain the union, but not if it was opposed by Iceland. From an Icelandic point of view, the personal union was never considered anything but a temporary scheme supposed to last for 25 years. The Elting decided on June 16th, 1944 to abolish the 1918 Act and the following day the constitution of the Republic of Iceland was declared. Iceland did not participate directly in World War II, yet it had a great impact on the country's population and political conditions. Iceland entered into a defence agreement with the United States and US forces undertook to defend the country. British forces remained, however, until after the war, but the agreement with the Americans proved to be of great significance in the following decades. The American sphere of influence included Iceland. The personal union was dissolved by Iceland following a referendum in Iceland in May 1944. More than 98% were in favour of a repeal of the union. On the 17th of June 1944, Iceland was finally declared an independent republic. Svein Björnsson was elected as the first president and he declared Iceland independent. A new era in Icelandic history had begun. Iceland's unilateral repeal of the Act of Union was not formally recognised until, after negotiations with Iceland on the two countries' mutual relations, Denmark repealed the law in 1950. At the same time as the negotiations after the war, Iceland requested a return of the Icelandic manuscripts from the Arna Magnian collection and the Danish Royal Library's collections. 
The requirement to hand over Icelandic manuscripts was on the grounds that, on behalf of the University of Copenhagen, the Icelander Arne Magnusson had collected and bought up the worn old Icelandic manuscripts that were to be found on Icelandic farms and in churches in the 1700s. This collection formed the basis of the Anamagnian collection at the University of Copenhagen. Based on a commission white paper and after lengthy and difficult discussions, a solution was reached which the Danish Parliament adopted into law in 1965. It set out that any manuscripts or documents from the collections in question that might be considered a part of Icelandic cultural heritage had to be returned to Iceland. The last manuscripts to be returned after the division agreement were handed over in June 1997. In the post-war period, Iceland has progressed economically as a result of the development of modern sea fishery and the construction of power plants that utilise geological energy and hydropower. In 1946, the country became a member of the UN. In 1948, the OECD, in 1949 NATO, and in 1942, the Nordic Council. In 1951, the United States established the Keflavik military base near Reykjavik. The post-war era saw a number of serious political conflicts between Iceland and Britain. The close Western European cooperation did not prevent Iceland having confrontations with Britain regarding fishing borders near Iceland in the years between 1958 and 1976. These so-called Cod Wars were due to the expansion of Iceland's fishing zones. But in 1976, the British government were forced to concede to the Icelandic demand for a border of 200 nautical miles around Iceland. During the Cold War, Iceland sided strongly with the United States and its Western allies. But the presence of US troops in Iceland from 1951 was for decades a highly controversial political issue within the country. Potential membership of the European Union has also provoked strong opposition in Iceland, although for many years the country has been in full collaboration with its neighbours in the Nordic Council and with the European Free Trade Association and is a part of the European Economic Cooperation Agreement of 1992. In 1999, the Constitution of June 1944 was amended as the Althing became a unicameral parliament. The legislative power lies with the Althing and the President jointly. The Althing has 63 members who are elected for a four-year period. Head of government is the Prime Minister of Iceland who represents a majority in the Althing and is appointed by the President, who is head of state and elected every four years. From 1980 to 1996, Vidis Fingbo Adotir was the world's first democratically elected female president. In 2008, the Republic of Iceland had a population of over 300,000 and the country's economy and welfare system developed rapidly in the years that followed. After considerable financial troubles in the early 1990s resulting from reductions in COD quotas, Iceland experienced annual growth rates of between 4 and 5% from 1996. 2007 and 8, however, an economic downturn began that led to the Icelandic currency being devalued. 
a severe banking crisis hit during 2008, which had the consequence of the largest of the Icelandic banks being taken over by the state. Iceland had to ask for assistance in the form of international loans and growth was significantly curtailed. After the economic collapse, the Social Democrats and the Left Green Party took over government with Johanna Sigurdardóttir as Iceland's first female Prime Minister. Severe austerity reforms were implemented and unemployment began to fall. In the election in 2013, the government lost power, the victors instead being the two right-wing parties, the Independence Party and the Progress Party. These two parties subsequently remained in power until 2017 when the Left Greens forged a coalition across the centre together with the Independence Party and the Progress Party. Head of the Left Green Party, Katrine Jakobsdottir, became Prime Minister on November 30th, 2017. The population almost only lives along the coast and approximately 93% of Iceland's population are city dwellers of which 60% live in Reykjavik and environs. Thanks for listening to this podcast on the history of Iceland. It was a translated article by Agnes Arnastotir from denmarkshistorian.dk. If you're interested in hearing more about Iceland, you may like to listen to Uncovering the Nordic Welfare State with Stefan Olofsson from Knowledge on the Nordics, Or you might like to check out the website Nordics Info, where there's articles like I've come to buy Tivoli, colonial desires and anxieties in Iceland in a new millennium. This podcast was recorded in Copenhagen in September 2021 and is read by me, Nicola Whitcomb. Nordics Info is a research dissemination website based at Aarhus University in Denmark and it's part of the university hub Reimagining Norden in an Evolving World, Renew.